So, uh, as I mentioned uh, at, the, at the start of the day, I thought, what better way to uh, celebrate Sangha, celebrate Sangha Day, than by uh, talking about, well, something that we do when we celebrate people. We celebrate by, uh, very often by giving. We give gifts. So, uh, today we'll be evoking uh, and exploring uh, this quality of giving, uh, of, of generosity, of dana. Often we can think of giving as uh, we give and uh, we've, as a result we've got less. But uh, hopefully uh, the more we practice and uh, will become clear as, as my talk goes on, uh, actually, the more we give, uh, the more we're stepping into a much richer world, uh, a world of, of more abundance. And I think I just wanted to say a little bit about this sort of approach to uh, spiritual life in a way. We can, yeah, it's easy to sort of uh, think in terms of, oh, we need, to, you know, we need to look at things clearer and, uh, of course, you know, ultimately we're, we're looking to gain insight. Uh, we need to work on all these parts of ourselves. Uh, but I think very often we neglect this, uh, this whole sort of opportunity of abundance uh, that we have that comes with the practice of, of generosity. I think particularly for those, uh, I can't say those of you, it's certainly those of us, uh, I count myself very much uh, in this category, those of us that like to have a penchant for hanging on to their own suffering, uh, and I know sadly I'm not alone in this, uh, very often uh, to have, have an approach of cultivating abundance and uh, the practice of generosity is a real, it's a real antidote, it's a real balm, a relief from, uh, yeah, the more sort of difficult parts of ourselves that we would, we would just rather aren't there. So, and often I find that you don't need to be, you don't need to get rid of one to do another, you know, so you can be in a sort of not very good state. You can be sort of struggling with yourself. You can still decide, actually, I'm going to give. Uh, and yeah, the significance of that act, uh, I'm going to say more uh, as the talk goes on. It's like the heart. I think the heart is always, uh, in a way, I think the heart is always ready to give. It may not feel like that. Uh, and certainly the mind, you know, will tell us otherwise. You know, we can be very caught up. But, you know, the heart is the heart. The heart is responsive. Uh, the heart wants to connect. It wants to give. So, yeah. It's, you know, it's kind of there. They're waiting for us to sort of align, our, align ourselves with it to, to activate that. So I'm going to talk uh, this morning about giving to uh, different, different beings, you could say, different categories of beings. Uh, and I thought, well, charity starts at home, doesn't it? Uh, I thought it would be good to start talking about giving, uh, giving to oneself. Sometimes, I haven't heard this for a while actually, but sometimes you hear in the saying, it's like, oh, I'm going to be kind to myself. I'm going to, uh, you know, sit and watch Netflix all night and, you know, <laughs> uh, have a binge TV and chocolate time. It's not really what I mean. 
<laughs> it's not really what being kind to yourself I means. It might do, you know, in certain circumstances, you know, depending on what you're watching, of course, uh, it might look like that. But really giving to ourselves means, well, first of all, it means being aware of our actual needs and then being prepared to, uh, to meet that need. So the need may be for space uh, or it may be uh, the next big project. Uh, it may be that you're just sort of, you know, floundering a bit and you haven't got something to put your energies into. Maybe may may a project, uh, maybe all sorts of things, but we need, to be, uh, we need to be aware of our needs. And I think <laughs> at the risk of <laughs> sounding like a parent, you know, it's so, uh, I think it's so easy to, sometimes we just neglect our basic needs. I mean, uh, even just something as, as simple as food. It's like, what are you doing to make it, make sure uh, that it's really nourishing you and to make sure that you're not expending lots more effort than you need to. Uh, I don't think my wife will mind me saying that we often have this sort of repeated uh, conversation. Like, oh, wouldn't it be a good idea to make a big pot of something for the whole week? So we don't need to think every evening what to make. It's like things like that, get them in place uh, so that we can, we can give to ourselves in a way that we don't have to, to keep thinking about it. It enables us to give, uh, give more. And obviously, when I mention my need, our needs, I'm also including our needs for, for growth, our needs for practice, for connection. Uh, so making sure that we give ourselves uh, opportunity, we, we carve out time uh, in our lives, in our diary that we know that that time is going, to, is going to serve us. Have we got our next retreat uh, booked in is an obvious one. Uh, making sure that we have the, the forethought to, to do that. I think another way that you can think uh, about giving to ourselves is, uh, is something that I've been uh, exploring recently. It's like we can give to uh, parts of ourselves that we're maybe not on uh, best terms with, <laughs> you could say. So, you know, the struggling parts, the, the rebellious parts, the, the parts that uh, would rather just, you know, stay in bed all day. In a way, I think it can be quite interesting to explore uh, an attitude of generosity towards those parts. So we, we connect uh, with a sense of abundance, of, of richness, with our qualities. Maybe we enlist uh, the help of a, a Buddha, perhaps, or Bodhisattva. And we can imagine giving, giving to these, these parts that, yeah, just so that they have everything. They can, you know, their little story that they've got, <laughs> uh, their little identification that can seem so powerful, that can just melt away. You know, you can, you can give them uh, everything that they, they possibly need and they can kind of relax a bit and, and take their place. Also, yeah, an important part of that, I think, is, is actually witnessing it being received. So the difficult part, actually taking in, uh, yeah, goodwill, uh, whatever, whatever is needed. So I'm going to move on to giving uh, to each other. 
by which I mean us lot and beyond uh, the Sangha. Uh, I was thinking that often it's, it's like in our day-to-day life, I think often we are a bit lost, uh, or at least there are moments uh, in the day, uh, probably quite a few moments, where we're just, we're, we're basically, we're in self, yeah? We're in story, we're, we're not particularly, uh, we don't particularly know where we're going, we don't have a focus. Uh, yeah, sort of drift, drifting in self, lost in self, you could say. Uh, it strikes me that to give uh, immediately as we start to conceive of giving we we find ourselves we 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 place ourselves as it were in relationship uh, before we give of course we're in relationship all the time aren't we but it's it's so easy to forget Uh, so before we give we're already uh, doing something skillful we're sort of lining ourselves up we're acknowledging uh, our connection. And then we give, we give something. And in that giving, we are, or we're expressing ourselves, aren't we? We're expressing uh, something to the, the person or people. Uh, we're, we're allowing our heart to, to do its work, uh, you could say. But of course, as we as we give, uh, we're also uh, we're adding. We're we're kind of cultivating the relationship. Hopefully, the person or people appreciate, <laughs> to some extent, what what we're giving, and that makes a difference to them. Uh, so it makes a difference to us. We're kind of uh, strengthening our end uh, of things, and it makes a difference to them. So in the act of giving, uh, there you go. We're kind of uh, we're, we're strengthening uh, the relationship. And of course, as, as has been touched upon uh, already, uh, a very important way in which we do this significant way is through friendship. So we give within friendship, uh, we give friendship and what a, yes, like lifeblood of the Sangha. Uh, I think it's easy, it's easy to talk about friendship and it's easy to kind of underestimate uh, its significance. I was thinking last night, just, you know, just think about the significance of somebody having one good friend and the difference potentially that that could make in their life. You know, all the things that they could be subjected to, could go through to have, to have one good friend uh, could, yeah, it can make all the difference. Obviously in the Sangha also we give to each other collectively. We give, we give to individuals, but we give to each other collectively. So just by coming today, you are giving to us all. Thank you on behalf of everyone. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, you've, you've turned up. Uh, you, you are giving to, to all of us. And we can take that, uh, we can take that further, of course. We can, we can support a class, uh, we can volunteer, uh, yeah, putting energy in to, to the collective, uh, to the Sangha. We can also, and this is, this is quite a new, uh, a new thing for me, uh, we can give in our imagination. So I was on a retreat uh, just a few weeks ago with, uh, with Vasantra, uh, 
Yeah, he was talking a lot about giving, that was the theme. And uh, talking about the importance of, of giving in our imagination, you can, it's easy to sort of poo-poo the imagination. No, it's just, just pretend. But, uh, you know, really, uh, how different is it to, to the world uh, that we're living in, actually? Uh, I think that's, that's worthy of uh, consideration. But, uh, yeah, when we give in our imagination, there's no limits. <laughs> so we might feel somewhat uh, reluctant to give away all of our possessions uh, to the Sangha or the local charity shop. But in our imagination, uh, there's, you know, no holds barred. We can, we can do that in our imagination. And that has value. We can, we can give everything. Uh, everything that we own, uh, everything that we don't own, we can imagine giving, uh, yeah, so, so many beautiful things that the, the sky literally is a limit. And in this way, we have, we actually have the experience of giving and of enjoying giving. So uh, this, this, I think, also is really important. When we give to someone and they receive it, uh, there's a natural sort of heart response I think often that comes with that it's enjoyable uh, to give so how much more enjoyable to give to give everything uh, yeah and I think yeah I talk I talk more about this part of Sangha in, in the next part so I'll go on now to uh, giving uh, giving to the world so traditionally uh, there are the six categories of things uh, that we give. So we can give uh, material things. We give fearlessness, uh, education, life and limb, merits, and yes, uh, what's known as the greatest gift, uh, we can give the Dharma. I thought I would play a little clip of uh, Bante, just a minute, talking about uh, giving material things. So this is from uh, a lecture that he gave. Oh, I haven't got the reference, but uh, I can share it later. So this is Bante on the giving of material things. The, the lay people especially make it a practice of giving something every day just to get into the habit of it as it were after all you're taking something every day <laughs> if it's only air if it's only food why not give something every day so some buddhist families and these always look up for a beggar or a monk to whom they can give food or a poor person to whom they can give a piece of cloth or something of that kind so that every day they are giving giving all the time it may not be very much it may just be a few coins a, a few coppers as it were or just a few uh, spoonfuls of rice, but at least they're training themselves in this way and they're getting into the habit of giving. So that giving, so that generosity becomes an ingrained part of their lives, uh, part of the very fabric, a uh, part of the very texture of their normal everyday existence. Not something you do once or twice a year, Christmas time or a birthday, but something that you're doing all the time so that there's this constant outflow uh, to counter effect, to counter balance, if you like, 
a constant process of taking in that we do only to so easily and so readily. So this is the sort of thing which we find happening in the Buddhist countries of the East. There is constant giving at least of something material if you can't go any further than that. So, Ms. Bhante, very full uh, encouragement uh, for us to give, mm, giving what we can. So, yeah, in this regard, actually, after hearing uh, an order member uh, talk about his practice of this, I took up the practice of uh, when I was uh, commuting, this is before the lockdown, getting on the tube, going uh, to work every day, making sure, always making sure I had some change uh, in my pocket because I knew uh, it was extremely likely that I would, I would see homeless people uh, on my way to and from work. And I know there's, there's, you know, you can have sort of a discussion about, you know, what people might do with the money, uh, which I think is valid. Uh, but also it's, it's a very good practice just to, to really uh, work on the giving of material things in this very simple way. Uh, and I found it really interesting, actually, that, uh, <laughs> you know, I would, I would always, I think I would always remember to have the money there. Uh, but sometimes, uh, I must confess, I was, you know, I was walking along, I was, I was caught up, I saw someone, and in that moment, I, I didn't want to. You know, and it's like, in a way, there's no reason, there's no reason for me not to, I'm, I'm sort of prepared to, but in that, in that moment, I didn't want to. And through this practice, uh, yeah, it really showed me that, well, when, when I did give, uh, like the richness of that, and it kind of, it showed me my edge and, and how I could be more prepared uh, to give. And yeah, that, yeah, it was, it was a rich exploration. Not to blow my own trumpet, but just, just to share the experience of this. There's one day I was actually feeling uh, a bit flushed. I don't know if it was payday, <laughs> but uh, anyway, I, I passed someone and I'm not sure I did have change, but I just gave them 10 pounds and uh, I walked off and my heart, it just like, my, it's almost like it jumped out of my chest and it wasn't uh, like, oh, aren't I good? I think it's just, you know, what I was talking about at the beginning, it's just the heart wants to, it wants to contribute where it can. And then when you do that, you know, it, it opens. Yeah, I'm not gonna, fo not gonna talk about all the ways we can give, just focusing on material things uh, and also uh, giving the Dharma, obviously uh, here at the center, it's one of the, the main ways in which we can, we can give. Uh, either teaching ourselves uh, or supporting. But also, I think more broadly than that, we can think in terms of just giving, not even giving, just like talking sense. <laughs> you know, there's so much madness in the world, isn't there? And both sort of, you know, in the collective and within all of us, you know, individually, someone comes to us, you know, really struggling with something. Just talking sense, you know, sense that's kind of based in the way things are. Uh, is a real gift. So we don't need to think in terms of, oh, I, you know, I can't teach or I, I'm, you know, I'm not sure I want to teach. You know, it's like we can give, we can give common sense. We are 
we're not alone, are we? We're here all together. We're part of a Sangha uh, celebrating Sangha Day. And I think it's through the Sangha that we can uh, most uh, give to the world. There's the image that uh, many of you will be familiar with of the thousand-armed Avalokiteshvara uh, as a symbol uh, of the order. And in a way, you can take it as a symbol uh, of the whole Sangha. Each one of us playing a part in something much greater uh, that is of uh, infinite worth and value to the world. Often I find myself, you know, I think like all of us, we can get caught up in our, you know, our petty concerns, can't we? And fears, etc., etc. What a relief to uh, remember that we're part of something far greater. We're part of this anger and part of a, a whole stream, uh, you could say, of sort of positive consciousness that uh, is, is reaching out to the world. And we can, we can see ourselves as serving, serving that. You can think in terms of serving uh, bodhicitta. In a way, I think that's, as a sangha, what we've most, we've most got uh, to give to the world. I mean, just, just talking sort of more practically, people, you know, people discover, they might discover a teaching and they're trying to put something into practice, but without, uh, well, we had two words earlier that are quite pertinent. Uh, we had context and container as important elements of sangha. Without a context, without a container, I think it's quite limited uh, how, how much you can sort of free yourself from your own tangle of suffering and wrong views. In, we, need, <laughs> we need to be in the greenhouse uh, at least a good chunk of the time so that we can get used to you know, knowing what sort of plants we are and growing alongside other plants. And uh, we need that, we need a place to grow. So that's what the Sangha offers the world, uh, a place, uh, a place to grow. Also as part of our practice, uh, we give to, or we can give to the Buddhas and Bodhisattvas. Uh, probably most of you have, have taken part in a puja uh, where it's, it's, it's common to, to make offerings. So we give uh, typically incense, uh, we can give candles, but it doesn't need to stop there. So either in, in you know, material things, we, something we might create uh, that we give to the Buddha, or again, uh, drawing on our imaginations. So again, we can imagine anything, can't we? So uh, where we live, we're fortunate enough to live next to two reservoirs. One is a nature reserve, two yeah, lovely bodies of water. What I've been doing recently is just offering them, offering them up uh, to the Buddhas and Bodhisattvas. So we can, we can experience beauty and uh, yeah, we're affected by that beauty. And then we can, we can offer that. In a way it's, uh, <laughs> I, th I think it's, a, it's, a, it's an exploration for all of us, but it can be easy to see oh, making offerings as though it's, it's, it's what you do. And sometimes that it does just, it can just feel like that. But, uh, you know, we've all connected, we've all made a significant uh, heart connection. So, you know, somewhere in us, there is that 
uh, appreciation of what we've received and what we know is there for us to draw on. And of course, why wouldn't we give? You know, we want to give. All we can give is a mountain or a lake. But let you know, let's give. Let's give uh, what we can to express uh, express our appreciation. And like I was saying earlier, uh, when we uh, before we give, we sort of align ourselves in the relationship. Uh, I mean, how how significant when we do that. Uh, with a Buddha, with a Bodhisattva, we remember uh, our relationship with them, uh, a significant step already. And then as we give, we strengthen that relationship uh, from, from our end, at least. Uh, I'm not sure it means anything to say we can strengthen, you know, the Buddha's not going to give us more love because we've given him a mountain. <laughs> uh, the Buddha has, you know, great love and compassion uh, for us, but we can give uh, and express uh, our appreciation. Yeah, there's other things that we can we can offer up uh, to the Buddhas and Bodhisattvas as well. So, uh, again, Vasantra was talking about offering simple pleasures. So, classic one is a cup of tea. You know, you're looking forward to your cup of tea. Uh, you're expecting to, to receive some pleasure for it, you can offer, offer that. You know, may the Buddhas experience the pleasure uh, of that. But you can also extend, you can extend this to, uh, shall we say, other more, <laughs> uh, perhaps, uh, yeah, less, uh, less ethically neutral pleasures. <laughs> Should we say so? Pleasures that we uh, maybe enjoy too much, uh, in a way that is not good for us. Uh, also, I think it can be a very healthy way of working. Yeah, with the addictive tendencies that we all have, uh, to share the pleasure, offer up the pleasure, with then bringing this tendency uh, into relationship to what's most important to us. Uh, and I think there can be a relief in that. That. Yeah, even though we still may feel that kind of tight sort of addictive pull, uh, maybe we, we can lessen it a little by by offering up offering up the pleasures. There's other things we can we can offer up uh, to the Buddhas and Bodhisattvas. Uh, maybe things that are not obviously pleasurable. We can think in terms of handing them over. So the, the Buddhas and Bodhisattvas are very happy to hand over uh, our difficult uh, experiences for us to hand them over to them. So maybe a difficult situation uh, at work, uh, something in our lives that just feels impossible. Hand it over. Just give it over to the Buddha. He can take care of it. And yeah, similarly with yeah, difficult sensations, different experiences that we that we may have, uh, we can give them, uh, hand them over. I was going to read uh, from you, uh, read from the Bodhicharya Vatara, just going back to giving, uh, using our imagination to give. 
and imagination not as something that's not real, but making use of the faculty to, to give these things. So I wanted to read a brief section from the Bodhicharavatara, uh, which is the text that uh, our Sevenfold Puja is taken from. That I may fully grasp that jewel, the mind, I worship here the Tathagatas and the flawless jewel, the true Dharma, and the sons of the Buddhas, who are oceans of virtue. As many blossoms and fruits and medicinal herbs as there are, as many jewels as there are in the world, and clear, refreshing waters, along with jewel-formed mountains and other places delightful in solitude, the forest groves, creepers brilliant with beautiful flowers, their ornaments, and trees, boughs bowed low under the weight of full fruit. And from the worlds of gods and celestials, scent and incense, magical trees that fulfill every wish, and trees laden with gems, lakes adorned with lotuses, where the calls of the geese steal the heart beyond bounds. Plants which grow wild and those which are sown and whatever else might adorn the honorable and all those things unowned within the boundaries of the breadth of space. See, in my mind I take hold of all these and present them to the bulls amongst sages and their sons. With great compassion, tender toward me, may those most worthy of gifts accept these from me. So we give all these things to the Buddhas and Bodhisattvas. But of course, that is not the end uh, because they have so much to give us. So, yeah, moving on to the next part of the talk is we receive, we take time to receive uh, the blessings, the Adhisthana, to receive everything that the Buddhas and Bodhisattvas uh, have to give us. I think it's easy to to get lost. You might be thinking, "Oh, yeah, I don't really connect with uh, with all of that. Uh, <laughs> this is this is not for me. These rarefied heights." But uh, just just take a moment, actually, to uh, recollect uh, yourself in a just an aware, kind state. Uh, yeah, whether you're, you're on the phone to someone or you're walking down the street, you're just, you know, you feel at home in yourself, uh, you're yeah, aware and kind state. And either the person that's talking to you or you, uh, the person you come across is in this state of unnecessary suffering. You can see what they're doing, that they're, they're busy creating this suffering for themselves and maybe other people. I think it's quite easy to imagine that in that state you would just 
gosh, you would love it if, if they could just stop doing that. You, you don't need to do that. Uh, and if you had anything to, to help, you would just like, here, here you go, you don't need to do that. So we can extrapolate from that. Uh, we can extrapolate to uh, imagining how the Buddhas and Bodhisattvas see us. They see us causing such unnecessary yeah unnecessary suffering and caught in our delusion and it's like they they want to they extend they have so much to give us they extend their loves like you you don't need to do that uh so in a way that's coming down from the buddhas and bodhisattvas all the time uh we just need to remember that uh turn turn towards that whether that's in meditation or it's just bringing that to mind uh, dur during our day. I've, I've been experimenting with this myself with uh, one of my difficult uh, parts. <laughs> uh, I won't uh, uh, yeah, bore you with all the, the, the terrible uh, details, but the, uh, the, there's a part that uh, yeah, it's, it's in need. So to remember that, uh, uh, in my case, Avalokiteshvara is kind of giving, giving to that part all the time. And uh, just to be able to receive uh, some of this, this love and blessing is, uh, yeah, is a huge relief. I think, yeah, this is what I was trying to communicate a bit at the beginning. We don't need to... Uh, You know, we don't need to sort of get rid of all the worst parts of ourselves, fix everything before we can uh, enter this world of richness. I think, you know, the mind is so sort of multifaceted, isn't it? The mind heart has got so many sort of different aspects to it, different qualities, different habits and behaviors. I think it's quite a common problem or, it, or rather it's quite a common just thing, issue, that we all too often we do, we identify with the lowest common denominator, and that's that's sort of we see ourselves as that's sort of a key current in our in our story how we view ourselves. Uh, but we don't need to be as as kind of determined by that as as we often are. I think, uh, as I was saying at the beginning, the heart you know the heart is always there wanting to respond. Yes, there's this part that wants to you know, tell you for the hundredth million time, you know, the fact that you didn't do that means you're a bad person or whatever it is, uh, doesn't mean that you can't just turn, uh, turn towards a source of, of abundance and that the heart might not just be there ready to respond. We've got all these qualities, haven't we? We want to, uh, we want to express them. And I think often they're, they're closer uh, than we think. I need to start wrapping up, but just I thought I would share something that I've been uh, doing on my commute, which is now uh, by bike, uh, come rain or shine, uh, going down to London Bridge. So I've been I've been uh, seeing, yeah, you could say, uh, Avalokiteshvara in the sky uh, above me as I'm cycling. Obviously, you know, don't try this at home if uh, there's lots of traffic. <laughs> uh, you know, keep your wits about you. But I found it really rich. 
to to keep that connection uh, as I as I do my commute, but also the people uh, around me, the people that are in my my field of vision. I've just had this sense of uh, you know it's not there all the time, but it's 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 really kind of grown uh, of seeing people, seeing members of the public uh, in a in a in a very different way. So I think when we're out and about, it's easy, isn't it, just to well we, to not see people as people. They're sort of these objects that might sort of impinge on us, and we need to defend against them. Uh, but I've just been seeing seeing these beings as uh, well beings in need, you know, of one state or other, uh, and I've had this sense. This makes sense of like a a pyramid, a sort of reverse pyramid. We've got the big bit at the top, which is uh, is the biggest need. It's the greatest, most immediate need, of which we all have one. And then it's the needs get sort of progressively more more subtle. Uh, you know, you could say right up until or down until uh, the need for you know full and perfect enlightenment. That is what we're all capable of. So everyone who is not in that state has. Uh, you know this this kind of funnel of unmet needs. So you can just imagine them those needs being met. You know either you you you're giving uh, to them in imagination, uh, maybe stopping them as it were in the street in your mind, and uh, you have a conversation. You can give them everything that they would possibly need, and we start to see that we're not, you know, these fixed different people that need to sort of, you know, rub up against each other and, you know, keep each other at, at bay. But uh, we're all in this together. Uh, yeah, and we can, we can, share, we can share the love, we can, we can give uh, more and more to each other and, uh, yeah, live in a, in a much richer world. So I've been, just to sum up uh, briefly, I've been talking about uh, giving to ourselves, uh, giving to each other, giving to the world, uh, giving uh, to the Buddhas and Bodhisattvas, and making sure we make time to receive uh, what the Buddhas and Bodhisattvas are constantly giving us. So I think, I think the, more we, the more we do this, the more we establish ourselves uh, in these behaviors. It's a bit like what Bante was saying in that short clip. It, it becomes, uh, well, they sort of become habitual in a positive sense, uh, and they become uh, the, the shape of our lives. They become what we do. And what we find uh, as we do that is that we live in a bigger world. Yeah? So we live in in two ways, I think. We live in a uh, a bigger relational field. So as we give to all these relationships and contexts, uh, there's, there's more space. It's, it's a bigger relational world that we're in. Uh, but also, yeah, the more we are in touch with uh, the Buddhas and Bodhisattvas, the more perspective we have. Everything is bigger. There's, there's space for everything. And consequently, we will become, will become happier. And uh, ultimately, yeah, the, the things that, that keep us stuck, 
this this seemingly perennial habit of of self that we have we know we're so convinced uh of this me and all this all this fixity that uh they will you know they will each gradually weaken will be more identified uh with the yeah, with all this space, with these these relationships, and this you know this in tiny, insistent me will become uh, fainter and fainter. And as we do that, we will increasingly discover uh, the riches that we have awaiting us uh, in our own mind.